Jesus. He's a pretty amazing guy. Second person of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He became fully human and lived among us while still being God. He died, rose again, and even now through the Holy Spirit, Jesus lives in the life of every person who invites them into their lives. And he empowers us to live changed lives that love like him. Jesus, he's awesome. He's worthy of all the praise and the worship that we give him. And friends, we're about to enter into a marathon of messages all about this amazing Jesus. Hey, a year ago, I, I, I did a, a short series of messages called Jesus Stories. Every couple of years or so, I, I, I do something about Jesus because, hey, you can never have too much Jesus, just saying. So for three weeks, we're going to take a look at three life-changing encounters that Jesus had with a, a variety of different people. Then we'll spend the better part of the summer looking at the miracles of Jesus because I tell you, the j miracles that Jesus did on earth, he, he's still doing them. And right now in the middle of this COVID-19 and oil price crash, man, do we ever need the miraculous Jesus, right? By the fall, we're going to turn the heat up just a little bit. And we're going to talk about what it really looks like to follow Jesus, what it means to be a disciple. When you say, I have decided to follow Jesus, what do you really mean by that? What does that look like? So in these uncertain days, we're going to grab onto an anchor. We're, we're going to secure our lives onto Jesus. We're going to experience his love and power personally. So hang on. We're in for quite the ride. Yes, a marathon of Jesus. It's going to be good. And today... I want you to see a side of Jesus that I hope really encourages all of us, but I particularly want to encourage parents in these days of homeschooling, isolation, uh, you know, just shuffling kids and work all together and just pure craziness, right? Today, I want to talk about our kids and their spiritual development uh, in the midst of a COVID-19 world. And from the get-go... What you need to know is just how much Jesus values our kids. Like he's crazy in love with them. He thinks that they need to be treated as special. And that means the role of parenting is crucial. I'm going to read to get us going some words from the Apostle Mark that he uh, wrote that are really pretty strong. So hang on and let me first take you to the Gospel of Mark chapter 9. But first, maybe a little context about this. The disciples of Jesus, they've been arguing among themselves about which of them is the greatest. Now, dare I mention that Lucas likes to tell the rest of the staff and the YWAM team that uh, we partner with uh, how awesome he is. Like, that's just a joke, right? Lucas, it is a joke, right? Yeah, it's a joke. But these disciples, they're actually serious. I mean, this is crazy. Listen in. Jesus, after overhearing his disciples, asks... What were you arguing about on the road? As if he didn't know. But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. So they've been caught. They're feeling a little bit of shame. You know, heads down. Don't make eye contact. Say nothing. We read on. Sitting down, Jesus uh, called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants uh, to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And, and he took a child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. 
Now, you might not catch right away what's going on here. Jesus is elevating the value of children in a culture that's tended to push kids away. This was a culture that just didn't say that, uh, you know, kids should be seen but not heard. My parents' generation, my grandparents' generation, they kind of like that phrase, kids should be seen but not heard. But back in Jesus' day, they, they weren't even sure the kids should be seen, at least not in a lot of particular settings. So kids stay in their world and adults in their world and, and the two worlds don't mix much. Kids are just somewhere else with their caregivers and their mothers. Uh, it's an attitude I don't think we understand much today. But what Jesus is doing is huge. He's lifting up the value of kids. And, and he says, hey, if you don't welcome kids into your world, then you don't welcome me. Jesus thought the kids are pretty important. So then the disciples, they try to get Jesus to move on to another uh, subject, right? Let, let's not talk about kids, okay? Uh, forget of this. Uh, just enough of this kid talk. So Jesus raises the heat on the subject of kids. He's inviting some children into this adult setting. And as he invites these kids into the setting with them, listen to what he does next. Now, these are really kind of tough words as he looks at these very kid-insensitive adults. Jesus says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. Yowzers, I mean, that's tough. Jesus is saying to his disciples, and really he's saying this to you and me too, hey, those kids of yours, you, you know they're starting to believe, right? They're starting to have faith in God. You, you know because they live in homes of faith. But hear me, you, you better make absolutely sure that they grow in their faith. And you better make absolutely sure that you're not the reason that they stumble and fall away from faith. And you could hear a pin drop in that crowd. Jesus had their attention. Now we can talk about grace and how Jesus forgives even parental sin. I mean, no parent is perfect, okay? We get that, I get that. You know, good parents can produce bad kids, no fault of theirs. And bad parents, amazingly, sometimes produce some really amazing kids. It is what it is, but please understand how incredibly important Jesus sees your responsibility as a parent for the spiritual growth of your kids. You seeing this? If you don't take your role as a spiritual leader of your kids incredibly seriously, Jesus is kind of saying it would be better if you hadn't been born. I mean, those are not easy words, right? And this isn't just for parents, by the way. Not all those that Jesus was speaking to were, were parents. It, it takes a church to raise a child. It, it, it takes a village to raise a child. And you know, any adult can play a negative role in the life of a child. Any adult can play a positive role in the life of a child. But here Jesus uses some of his toughest language for people who negatively impact the upbringing of a child. And in this situation, uh, Jesus is not talking about where our minds kind of go right away, and that's sexual abuse and things like that. And wow, that would be included, right? Better if you were not born. But the scary thing is, it includes neglecting to raise your child to have faith in Jesus. To the parent who says, you know, I'll just let my kid choose for themselves what they want to believe. I'll let them explore, figure it out for themselves. Rather than taking their parental responsibility seriously, these are very tough words. 
So these are words that we as parents need to take seriously. And these are words that all of us need to take seriously because it takes a church, it takes a village to raise a child. We're in this together. Jesus then uh, goes on to talk about uh, divorce and the damage it does, and then he gets back to talking about children. This is a very uh, intentional sequence of discussion. Uh, the damage done to children, the damage done by divorce, and let's talk about the importance of children again. And this is the third time that Jesus raises the issue of children in, in just a short period of time. And these are the words that I'm about to read. These are the words that I often read at a child dedication, and uh, they give us kind of the reason why we do child dedications. Let me read. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so that he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And look at this. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them. What's the Apostle Mark doing as he's writing this part of the gospel? He wants us to see how important children are and, and the incredible responsibility you and I have to raise our kids to know and love Jesus. So you have in this scene uh, about children that Mark is writing about, you have these parents who understand the importance of their role as parents as in the spiritual development of their children. And as good parents, these are great parents, they, they bring their kids to Jesus they want Jesus to pray for their kids and bless them. Like, this is really awesome. These parents, they have a good idea who Jesus is, and get this, they're not asking for themselves. They're asking for their children. They are awesome parents. Like, kudos to these parents. They want their children to experience all that God has for them. They're seeking God's blessing for their children. This is so cool. This is so awesome. You as a parent, like every one of you who's a parent, you should be doing this, seeking the blessing of Jesus for your kids, getting your kids connected to Jesus. This is your most important job as a parent. But those disciples, they still don't get it. And they're upset at all these snotty-nosed kids and their parents and they is they try to get to Jesus, and so they just try to shoo the kids and the parents away, and they are so thick-headed. I mean, shouldn't they know by now? So how does Jesus respond to his thick-headed disciples? He gets a little ticked. Mark tells us that Jesus is indignant. Don't you guys get it yet? And, and then Jesus says to everyone, because there's a larger crowd hanging out there right here, he says, if you don't receive the kingdom of heaven like a child, you'll never enter it. And he went on to take the kids into his arms, place his hands on them, and bless them. Friends, kids and their spiritual journey matter to Jesus. And our kids and their spiritual journey ought to be our most important concern. The spiritual journey, the spiritual journey of our children is our most important concern. Okay, with the time I have left, let me 
talk to you a little bit about an idea about how you can kind of take the lead in the spiritual development of your children in this COVID-19 oil price slump time. Because here's the truth about you as a parent. You are the greatest influence on your child. You are. You are the greatest influence on your child. Now I know many of you get really uptight about Xbox and YouTube and TikTok and other social media and and yeah, um, you have, there are just a lot of legitimate reasons for those concerns. But let me tell you, even with all of that out there, you still are the greatest influence on the life of your child. You as a parent, your actions, your values, your beliefs will be the greatest influence on the life of your child. Nothing, absolutely nothing will come close to the power of your influence. Sociologists, you know, who study these things, uh, they keep telling us the same thing. Our kids want their mom and their dad to be their hero. They really do. They want them to influence them. Why? Because that's God's design. That's how God created the family system to be. Is parenting easy? Absolutely not. I can remember foolishly as a dad, uh, we had three uh, toddlers, three kids, and I don't know, about three years. And I would come home from work and Jane was at home all day with these three kids and I'd ask, hey Jane, what did you do all day? You know, that is not a wise question to ask ever. Because when I regained consciousness, Jane said to me, what I did all day was to make it possible to take these kids out, make them presentable. You know, I never saw the mustard on the wall or the juice stains on the carpet and how many changed diapers happened that day. You know what I mean? Hey, those of you trying to homeschool your kids, I bet you really appreciate their teachers right now. Those amazing people called teachers and yeah, they are still teaching. You know, if parenting is not easy during normal times, how much more is it not easy right now? But right now, Right now is a really critical time for you as a parent to consider your role in the spiritual development of your kids. I mean, right now, your, your kids, from the youngest, they know that something is wrong out there. That this world right now isn't quite right. They get that. And, and whatever is going on out there, it's causing them to have fears and insecurities grow in them. And that's whether they're 2 or 22, and you as well. You got fears and insecurities growing in you at the same time. But right now, your kids, they're watching you. How are you handling this, right? Are you keeping your cool? How do you express your faith in Jesus in a time like this? They're watching. And this may be one of the most tender and opportune times to help uh, our children understand that while we live in a messed up world, a broken world, God loves us, he's got this, and he's going to get us through this one way or another. We don't pretend that it'll be easy. We don't pretend that there won't be scary times in the middle of all of this. But through it all, we keep our eyes on Jesus. And we let our kids see us express our trust in Jesus. Our kids need to see and hear us trusting Jesus. Let me give you a, a practical idea. This is a great time to get our children to, to memorize maybe one verse out of the Bible. I'm just talking one verse, not a whole pile. Let, let's just work on one verse. We can do this. 
It's the verse. I'm going to suggest that the verse that I've been quoting a lot since the beginning of this pandemic. I'm, I'm talking about the inspired wisdom of Solomon found in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. This scripture has done more to help me through the ups and downs of my life like ever since I've been a youth. I, I chose this scripture in, in my teen years to be my life first. This is a powerful, powerful part of the Bible. Take those two verses from Proverbs and have an honest talk and an ongoing talk with your kids in an age-appropriate way. Let's talk about the fact with our kids that God can be trusted, even when we don't understand, you know, everything that's going on around us. Maybe tell a story to your kids of a, a time when you saw God turn up in your life. Talk to your kids about how you walk and talk with Jesus and tell them a story or two about when you trusted Jesus and he turned up. And then Proverbs says, in all your ways, submit to him. Like talk about the power of doing things God's way. That God's ways are best. And as you do that, like admit that you don't always follow God's ways yourself. That there have been times when, when you've blown it, but you've come to understand. You've come to believe that God's ways are best. Right? Just be honest. Be authentic, right? Yeah, we can do this. We, we can say these things with our children and our teens in age-appropriate ways. Even a two- to three-year-old can understand at least a little bit about right and wrong and, and that God wants to help us, empower us to do, to do and choose right, right? We want to paint a picture that our God is for us, that he wants to help us. And, and so we encourage and teach our children to just keep our eyes on Jesus. And then, as a family... Yeah, as a family, we, we make a commitment to pray to Jesus together. Like every day if we can, as a family, crazy as it sometimes happens when we try this. And as we trust Jesus, as we submit our ways to the ways of Jesus, then we can watch Jesus turn up in the middle of the mess as he makes our path straight. He might not clean up the mess. He might not take the pain away but he will make our path straight through the mess. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Maybe make a poster of it. Put it on a wall, a window, a corkboard somewhere. Talk about it day after day after day. Recite it together. Uh, talk about what it means. And then as a family, pray together. Pray as a family. Pray for each other. Pray for your neighbors and your kids' friends. You can do this. You can really do this. It's not that hard. Yeah, it has crazy moments, but it's not that hard, really. And I, as I've done before, would suggest that maybe you might want to create a prayer journal where you just jot down what you've been praying about, and then you jot down afterwards how God responds to your prayers. I mean, I have journaled my prayers for decades, and it's got to be one of the most encouraging things for me when I go back and read that journal. It, it just lets me know that God is alive and well, and he is for me. And you know, a lot of this can happen at the crazy dinner table. But yes, you do maybe have to make the discipline of eating together at dinner a, a newfound discipline for some of you. 
And then using dinner time to check in with each other, the kids and yourselves about how the day went, what your fears and insecurities are, what you need prayer for. And we help our kids understand that God is with us all the time, that he is actually interested, that he, that he cares. Your kids need to hear your faith in God. Your faith will make all the difference in their ability to connect personally with Jesus themselves. Will you take up this Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 challenge? Will you memorize or at least keep going over this verse over and over and just talk about it throughout this crisis? Will you talk about Jesus as a family together sometime every day? Find some time every day. I I'm suggesting dinner. But praying with your kids, you know, before they go to bed, you know, kind of one-to-one, -one, that's an awesome thing to do too. So maybe a couple of things here. You got dinner time as a family, and one-to-one -one time before bed, you, you use this crisis to establish these kinds of spiritual rituals. They're, they're powerful. And as you do, you will create incredible security for your kids. You will. Their anxiety levels will go down, and they will know by experience that Jesus is alive, that he is powerful, that he answers prayer. They will experience Jesus themselves, not just know about him, not just know Bible stories, which they need to know, but actually personally experience him. And in the process, you will raise up kids who are able to navigate anything in this world, any mess in this world, anything that this world might throw at them, and you will raise up strong kids. And in the process, you might just navigate this mess a little better yourself. So, will you let me pray for you? Pray for you in this mess. Pray for you about this awesome responsibility that Jesus gives us, that Jesus actually wants to empower us to do. All that he asks us to do, he empowers us to do. So, let's pray. Father God, Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your passion and your love, not just for us, but for our children. And for those of us who have the privilege of, of being parents, we, we thank you. We thank you for that privilege. But we come to you, Jesus, right now, a, a little stressed as we try to balance our kids and our work lives right now. As we try to be good parents, helping our kids with their schooling, God, Help us, empower us, energize us by your spirit. And we look to you, Lord, for wisdom and your help in being the spiritual leaders that you call us to be with our children. Help us lead our children to faith in you. Help us to make much about Jesus in our homes. Help us to be authentic uh, about our faith, about our struggles, and the difference you make in our lives. God, help us to take this time of crisis and use it as a time to build a solid faith in you that just endures forever. May our kids not only know about you, but may they experience you personally and deeply. And may we, and by we I mean all of us, parents and the rest of us, may we all be your instruments in connecting our children with your life and love. We pray that you would help us do that. In Jesus' name, amen.